And good evening. It's October 31st, 2019. It's Halloween, so happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh, we're at the Long Run at 2452 Sutherland Avenue with the Dead and the Engineer. I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at deadhead.engineer865. And tomorrow, once the engineer gets it posted, find us on Spotify. We are here at the Bliss Home Corner at Troopers Library, episode 37, like we said on this Halloween, uh, pretty chilly Halloween. Finally. 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 It feels like it's getting cold out there. I know we've been, we've been bitching and moaning. This morning, though, was 70 degrees on a run, and now it's like uh, 39 It's going to be supposed to be 31 or 32 in the morning. So, yeah, we got a little workout planned, but that's for us to discuss in the morning. Um, but it's good to have some chilly weather here because we got lots going on. Um, so I'm going to rewind 40 years ago, um, not, I guess not to the date. Um, excuse me. So there's a lot, th- I'm going to, I'm going to make it quick cause I'm already, I'm already babbling about Grateful Dead. 1031, 1979, Nassau Coliseum, Uniondale, New York, which I've seen a, I've saw I've seen Jimmy Buffett there. I've seen Fish there, and I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers there at, at Nassau. Fantastic, China Rider, Cassidy, Althea, Sailor Saint, a bunch of my favorite songs. But I think the the pinnacle of, in my opinion, the whole set was the the Shakedown Street to open up um, kind of a spooky um, Halloween evening on Long Island. Um, a 20-minute version. Um, it's not up there with like the greatest shakedown treats of all, but it was excellent. And the irony tonight <clears throat> is uh, Dead and Company with a, a good portion of the members of the Grateful Dead and and John Mayer are playing tonight at Madison Square Garden. And then on uh, Saturday, I think they'll be at Nassau Coliseum. So there you go. everything always comes full circle, <laughs> it seems like, with the Grateful Dead. Uh, in that world, um, and so check it out. Ten thirty one, nineteen seventy nine, um, and so yeah, it's good. Johnny B. Good closes the show. Uh, check it out. So sponsored tonight by the Knoxville Distance Project and the Long Run here. Um, so Ethan, what's on tap? I'm actually drinking a uh, Caddy Wampus Belgian style India India Pale Ale from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, Lexington, Virginia. Home of VMI. Right. It's actually, uh, I've never had Devil's Backbone before, but I got the um, variety pack and they've all been really good. It looks pretty good. I'm sure it tastes pretty good. I, you know, I'll, maybe I'll have one after this. I, I thought about actually bringing you, um, when I was shopping for beers earlier, thought about bringing you a light beer just because of some of the conversations that were floating back and forth between our training group earlier um, of what could be up and coming that I thought... Maybe he needs a lighter beer, um, <laughs> but we'll see what happens here in the next couple of days. I'm drinking Bush. I'm back to the the old standard, and so. Uh, but I might have to get me a Caddy Wampus here pretty soon. Um, huge running weekend coming up. Um, locally, you know, as far as we got SEC champs, we're gonna have Zach Long here call in shortly. Uh, SEC champs are in Lexington, Kentucky. Did you ever run club cross in Lexington? I did Kentucky? run club cross in Lexington. On, was, that, on that horse park? Uh, yeah, it was um, just uh, two, two years ago, I think. Um, it was 17 degrees, blowing snow. 
That's like optimal. You pretty, probably like pretty no, much perfect. No shirt. Pretty much perfect yeah. for me. Yeah. Maybe a pair of gloves and you were good to yeah, go. It was, it was a pretty good course. Uh, SoCon championships. I know, you know, most people might not know about the Southern Conference championships, but uh, ETSU. And so we got um, obviously. Well, rewind a minute. SEC champs. We got um, Megan Murray, West a West kid. Um, uh, Nicole Adams, another student athlete, uh, at, that former West athlete. Both running in the SEC championships tomorrow for Tennessee. SoCon champs. Um, I think there's a Maryville kid, uh, Seth Bowden, that's going to be on their team. Uh, first time it's ever been in Johnson City, uh, SoCon champs. Um, so we're kind of running through a quick, and then we'll, I guess we'll do kind of a recap. Uh, Tennessee State cross-country champs in Nashville on... Um, on Saturday, which I will be present at since my uh, girls' team is qualified and I have an individual boy that's qualified for that. Uh, so that's at Steeplechase there, uh, kind of just outside of downtown. New York City Marathon, uh, obviously in New York City, finishes at Central Park, Tavern on the Green. There's going to be a viewing party here on Sunday. Yep. Uh, it's going to be, the race starts at 8.30, um, so we'll have the, the race on TV Starting at eight thirty, uh, we're gonna have pancakes, and I I learned how not to make pancakes last time, so this time they're gonna be a lot better. And um, we're gonna run beforehand if you want to run, and remember that it's daylight savings time, so you get an extra hour of sleep. Oh goodness, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Sunday is daylight savings. Excellent. Okay, so uh, so what what time are we gonna meet? Well, I'm I'm gonna start early. Okay. I'm gonna start at like five thirty or six. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, the, if the race starts at 8.30, we'll have, probably have people meeting right. here 8, 6, well, 7. That'll be cool. I mean, Chica the Chicago viewing party was pretty neat. Uh, I think, uh, you know, hopefully, we, you know, we'll obviously have more of those viewing parties uh, in the future for different, you know, different marathons and track meets. And so, we'll rewind. We, uh, Arkansas women look to be the, um, you know, the favorite on uh, actually tomorrow, tomorrow at 10. Uh, they're ranked number one in the country, so wow. I'd imagine they yeah. would, uh, you know, be the favorite heading in tomorrow. Tennessee women are actually receiving votes. Yeah, yeah, they've had they've had a good season so far. So, um, are they? Are there any other um, SEC teams that are that are up there? Well, the, the, all the SEC, SEC teams will be up there. No, I mean in the in the. Oh, rankings. I'm sorry. Oh, in the rankings. Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I think Ole Miss okay. dropped out um, of on the women's side. So, you know, who, who knows what's going on with them? But I think that those are the only two teams that I saw in the top 25 or top 30. And so, um, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I'm sure it's going to be chilly. Your weather, uh, your kind of weather tomorrow in Lexington. Perfect racing weather. Um, so we'll see. You know, I I don't think, at least as far as I know, I'm not pulling for any one in particular person more than the other. I think, you know, I'd like to see the women run well. And the men are not quite where the women are at the moment receiving votes. But uh, there's a couple of, you know, they got a couple of heavy hitters up front. And yeah. so um, obviously on the men's side, all miss and... Arkansas, even when Arkansas is down, they seem to be up. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, that's pretty you much know, true. Uh, I, I watched a video, I guess it was last week or something like that, of a workout that they did, and I thought, yikes, like that's not even like, I mean, they're a good team. They're not one of the top teams in the country, and they're still, you know, you know, attracting the best recruits and some of, um, 
you know, and they'll they'll probably be in contention tomorrow. You would think, yeah, and so, for sure. Uh, SoCon, we're again we're rewinding. Uh, first time in Johnson City, the men on the men's and women's side, Furman's usually the 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 class of the field. You know, I'll, I'll give of course credit to my old coach uh, George Watts, who's the director and head coach at uh, at, e, at ETSU. I think he's got both groups coming on, um, and so he's actually. West High School seems to be a recruiting hotbed. Yeah, I've noticed. There's there's some uh, definitely a, a pipeline seems out to out to Johnson City from from here in Knoxville, which and is it's good. It's yeah, cool. It's, good. it's yeah. good to have that. Going. It's it's neat. And so um, used to be used to be West Springfield. In it used Virginia. to be West Springfield. That's right. <laughs> and now That's it's right. and now it's West High School in Knoxville. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just a different kind of West. Um, but yeah, you know the Furman men and women are. You know they're good. Obviously, they're ranked in the country. Uh, the women are. I think they're thirteenth or fourteenth. So don't quote me on that. Um, but so you know, it'll be interesting. I, I I told Coach months ago that if you know if my teams weren't fortunate to qual- qualify for the state meet, um, that I'd be there helping out. You know, doing whatever needed me to do. But uh, for the for the betterment of 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 West High School, I am at the state meet on. Uh, um, well, we leave tomorrow. We leave tomorrow at ten. Uh, we got ourselves a nice chartered bus. We're wow. headed to. Yeah, well, you know when you're. I mean, we, we're kind of the defending champs, so I had to do the right thing <laughs> and make sure that you know the the team is taken care of, and so. You gonna watch um, a movie on the way out there? I will probably not watch a movie. They might watch a movie. I'll probably tend to myself. Oh, you don't have... When we used to take buses, they had the little... They had the little... Oh, we'll have the screen. The video screen. Yeah, this is only like a... It's not a big charter bus. We only have, you know, eight girls traveling and and one one boy. So it's like a 14, 15 passenger thing. So there'll be a video of something showing. But I usually try to tend to myself and and let the kids... Listen to some dead. Probably listen to some Grateful Dead. Kind of get myself into the groove for the weekend. Uh, but that should be fun, you know. Uh, Web in the small school division, you know, I, I would imagine they'll. Although I don't know, you know, I haven't paid that close attention to all the divisions this past fall, but I'm sure Bobby will have his kids ready. Um, Farragut is definitely the top team, not even just locally, but one of the top teams wow. in the state. Um, you know, I hope that we'll be there. Hardin Valley looks good, and then if you know. Uh, Johnson City get Dobbins Bennett, Science Hill, and, Br- and Brentwood obviously in uh, uh, you know closer to Nashville. Uh, Science Hill has uh, maybe unarguably we've talked about her quite a lot, Jenna Hutchins. So she's you know it's a flip flop between uh, Science Hill's number one runner Jenna Hutchins and then Dobbins Bennett uh, the number one runner with Sasha Neglia. So it should be an interesting thing to see what happens with those two girls on um, Saturday. And I don't know. We'll find out next week. Or we'll find out, we'll find out Saturday. But We'll then talk we'll, about it next we'll week. We'll talk about it next week. And then, We're all about it next week. All about next week. And then lastly, um, the big thing going on Sunday, the viewing party like we talked about, TCS New York City Marathon. Um, it's, it's pretty loaded. Um, I think top. it's yeah, it's probably not quite as loaded as it's been in the past. As some um, of the well, some of the other marathons that have taken place earlier yeah, this year, yeah. right? Because World Champs just happened a few weeks ago. Chicago just happened. It was pretty loaded. So I guess it's hard with that kind of turnaround um, to get that many 
that many people out there. But it, there's still it's still up front. It should be a pretty good race, assuming on the men's side at least that Camor Jeffrey Camor right. doesn't just run away with it, which is a possibility. And he's coming off a 58 minute half marathon. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah right. That's pretty quick. <laughs> and he's won New York before, so he knows what he's doing out there. Um, he's not going to be surprised by anything. Looks like the weather's going to be pretty good. So yeah, I mean it might be a fast time. Uh, it and, very well could. Uh, I'm, I'm we'll not to we'll get to Mary Katani because there's that talk with her. Um, you know, again, the American fields um, different than what it was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So there's still some. I mean, Jared Ward is obviously a contender for the team. Yeah, you know, in Atlanta, yeah. and excuse me, he's going to run. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, how he's at, how he performs, and and then obviously even more interesting, fast forwarding to uh, February, how he's able to bounce back from. Yeah, Jared. Jared is going to be knowing knowing now after Chicago and Boston, there's uh, you know so many guys now in that in that two ten to two eleven range. Um, you know, he was I think going into Chicago, he was one of the clear clear favorites to make the team, and now he's got to be sitting back and saying. I don't know. There's some there's some guys out there who are, who are pretty quick. So which um, I, we have this discussion often. Like good good, it's a good thing to have. Oh yeah, absolutely, know? absolutely. Like we were talking about the you know Japanese Ekaden today. Like 300th place was 66 minutes. <laughs> you know, and so the fact that uh, Ward is I don't know, like 20, 209 low guy, right? And you know, and, and Boston, yeah, in Boston. So, and I think you know another guy that we need to mention is Tyler Pennell. I mean, he's a He's a you know was a D two guy and obviously has come quite a long ways. He's a U.S. Yeah. champion in the marathon. Yeah. Um, Fifth at the trials, I think. Sounds yeah. After exactly he was, right. he was in third, he was in third for a long time. He took time. the lead at sixteen he took, miles. Took the or lead something. and then uh, got got walked down for I think passed by uh, one or two guys and I mean it's a good race but obviously he's had he's, some injury troubles over yeah, the last. I don't think he's raced in a couple years. He hasn't. It's been I think whatever eighteen months or. You know, whatever it is, 20 months. So uh, I read an article today on Let's Run and his coach, Pete Ray. Um, they're, they're not putting a whole lot of... I mean, obviously they want him to compete well, but I think that's the thing is for him to compete. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. yeah. I don't just, think they're targeting like, you need. we want you to run to whatever right. it is. It's just an opportunity for him to get out there, kind of get his legs yeah. running again and... And obviously, you know, he could be, uh, he could be, you, know, you might find yourself on the starting line next to Tyler Pennell. Uh, could be, yeah. February 29th. And he's, so. he's an on uh, Zap Fitness guy. Um, right. They're sponsored by On now. And yep. they're going to have, they're going to be out here in a few weeks uh, for the, for the uh, postseason time trial. Yeah. And so we got things coming up with that group. Uh, we'll probably get to that. It's, you know, that'll be fun when we, when we're able to announce that. Uh, on the women's side, it, it it obviously Mary Quintani is going to be the you know should be the class of the field will be the class of the field and so uh, she's won the four out of the last five. Uh, the only time she lost got beat by Shalane Flanagan. <laughs> she got beat by Shalane, which recently she recently you know announced her retirement. Now she's doing the commentating for uh, for New York on Sunday. Um, so yeah, it it Sarah Hall. I mean, she's like, <laughs> you're an animal. Like Jonesy and I can constantly, you know, we amongst ourselves together collectively, like 
she runs more marathons. It's the, unbelievable. The, way, the, the tear she's been on in the last year or so is, is kind of unbelievable. And I don't say that in, with, like, with a negative connotation. It's just unbelievable. No, that I think she's, she's able just to figured out. Together. Like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying, you know, she's, I'm not saying anything bad. Um, I just, like, she's figured out um, that she can handle coming back, coming back from hard efforts um, pretty, pretty quickly because, you know, she won that USA 10 mile championships in, in Twin Cities a week after running her PR in the week. marathon. And she ran 222 or whatever now, it was. And now she's back a month later uh, running an, uh, what should be a high level marathon in New York. So, she, I mean, it's she's, unbelievable. she's got something figured out. And, yep. Uh, good for her. I remember, I remember when she was Sarah Bay. Right. Back yeah. when we were in high school. A long she's time come ago. Come a long way. Uh, Desi, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, there's been chat, chatter. You know, you read the, the boards and articles, what Desi's going to do. Who knows? Maybe this is her swan song. Um, but she's in there and she's always a threat. Yeah. And then Kellen Taylor, I watched, uh, we were talking about yesterday morning, I watched a video of her, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So she's in there and she's looks, you know, she'll, she should be a contender if she stays healthy and, and things go well for her uh, in Atlanta. So, I mean, that's, you know, kind of obviously the rundown with New York. Uh, weather looks perfect. Um, it was a long time ago that I crossed that finish line in New York and thankfully I've almost forgotten every moment of it. New, so. York, New York, I'm not big on the big city marathons, but uh, I've run Boston a few times. Yeah. And New York is definitely one that I'd like to do someday. So maybe next year. Maybe. Hey, well, th- is it, this is no official announcement, right? No. Okay. No. Just making sure. I uh, wasn't sure if I missed something. Um, but so obviously, big rundown um, between uh, you know everything going on this weekend with uh, SECs, SOCON, um, and um, Tennessee State Champs, New York City Marathon. And it's so nice to be able to uh, welcome to the uh, Long Run Podcast with the Deadhead and the Engineer, Mr. Zach Long. Say hi, Mr. Zach Long. Hi, how are you guys today? Thanks for having me on. Hey, Zach. Hey, Ethan. So what's going on, buddy? You know, I wanted I wanted to joke uh, initially that, you know, now that you're Mr. Fancy Pants, you were coming from the SEC coaches uh, meeting down there, uh, or excuse me, up there in uh, Lexington for the SEC Cross Country Championship. So tell us a little about what you're doing right now. Yeah, so I'm kind of on the other end of the competition side this year. So after four years of competing with Tennessee and going to SEC championships as an athlete, I'm a volunteer assistant coach now. So kind of on the other end, seeing what goes on behind the scenes and just helping where I can. Yeah, so, you know, I've sat in one of those meetings like, well, a meeting like that once or twice. I guess it does give you a different perspective. Are you so you're 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 now removed, you know, as a student athlete. You're you know you're still an athlete because you're still training, and we'll get to that here shortly. But now you're kind of you know you have a you're you're in a coaching role. So what's the what's the nerves like for tomorrow morning for on the for the men and the women? I'm gonna be honest. I get more nervous on this end than I did as an athlete because when I'm an athlete, I feel like I have control of what's going on, and as a on the other end of the volunteer coach, you have a little bit of control, help them with practice, but it's kind of on the athletes tomorrow. And it's, the course is very nice here in Lexington. Uh, it's a little wet, 
it's been windy and raining and it was a cold pre-meet today but i think the athletes are in the right mindset and i'm looking forward to seeing how they do tomorrow I think you. I think you had Ethan at cold. <laughs> he heard cold and he was like, "Well, that that sounds perfect for him." Um, so y'all, I, I know we we were, we were talking early. Y'all spent, I guess, the day in in Lexington. You traveled yesterday. Yes, sir. And you're hanging out, getting getting everybody ready. Um, obviously, team dinner tonight, probably here. If you haven't, well, it's only seven o'clock, so team dinner here shortly. Get the kids ready and uh, you know, obviously ready to compete tomorrow. The the women, we were we were just talking about it. The women, I mean, they're, they're Ethan and I just said they're receiving votes nationally, so the women look like they're ready to go. Yeah, the women have turned the corner, and what they've done this year is just super impressive, and that's just kind of a testament to the underclassmen that have came in and made a impact right off the bat and. They just went to work every day. Katie Thronson has, and Sydney Seymour have been, ran great as underclassmen. Megan leading them right along. So those three will be something to watch out for tomorrow. You can tune in to the SEC Network. It's going to be live, the men racing at 9. Or, yeah, the men racing at 9 and women at 10. So uh, so we know the women have had some, some good success this year. Uh, Paul Short and whatever, getting votes now. How about, how are the men looking? The men look good. It's been a bit of a rebuilding year, I would say, because, we. I mean, they lost a lot last year. They lost four out of the top seven. So they've been kind of trying to find themselves, and they're looking better every week, I would say. I actually went down with the men to Texas A&M while the women were at Penn State, and they're in, they're in the right mindset. They're working hard. Alex Krieger's been being a great leader along with Carl Thiessen. And they added two other they added two guys, uh, John Elrod and Connor Hawkins back in this year who were a big impact as freshmen, registered last year and coming back strong. So look for the men to surprise some people tomorrow. Well, we're always surprised because we see them running down <laughs> Sutherland Avenue or Kingston Pike, you know, on any given morning, and there's like twenty five of the men and there's like two or three of us. And so it's a good sight to see when, when we see this, this like flock of people, you know, coming at us. And we're like, what the hell's going on? And we're like, oh, yeah, that's the UT guys. So that's good to see, you know, I, I guess collectively we are, we're, you know, the thing is like, well, the numbers are there. And so if the guys are, you know, doing the things that they need to do, taking kind of taking care of business and you know, putting in the work, then hopefully before too long, uh, you know, the results will, right. will will find themselves. Yeah, this team has the has the guys and the, they have the recipe to be something special in the next year or two coming along. They're just, they're figuring it out and that's, that's just part of it growing up and I think I trust this crew. I was on a team with almost everybody on the team right now and these guys don't mess around. They're working hard, and they're gonna they're gonna get it done and find the piece of that puzzle to compete well tomorrow, compete well for the next couple of years because we don't lose anybody outside of Adam Johnson and Gashad Hamel next year. Wow, well, that's pretty good. Uh, obviously, that you know, I think uh, you know you just mentioned Zach. You know, these guys are working hard, and 
last week, was it last week we had on Todd Williams, or was it two mm-hmm. weeks ago? So last week we had on T-Will, and you want to talk about working hard, obviously the three of us know how hard, uh, how diligently T-Will worked, but you are uh, the UT school record holder over 3,000 meters and 5,000 meters, and for those that, you know, tune in tomorrow who don't know, you ran 759.15 for 3K and 1339.22 for 5K. So, you know, for a long time, uh, back when I was at UT in the early 2000s, like, T. Will, I mean, to some extent, he still, you know, he still has, he, he's a pinnacle of what, you know, we, we, uh, we strive to be when we were on campus. That being said, you broke eight minutes, which... And broke obviously 1340, which no other UT runner had ever done up until that point. Yeah, it was. So we put you on the spot. So now speak (laughs) up, man. (laughs) Yeah, so it was. When you come to Tennessee, you hear the names like Tony Cozy, Todd Williams, Anthony Benaletti, and all these special names. And there's a lot of history. And that's kind of what drew me to Tennessee because Tennessee was in a rough place, if you will, when I came in. We were, Coach Sullivan was trying, trying to assemble a new team. We had, you're talking about the numbers of guys we have right now where we have like 25 guys on the distance team. That wasn't necessarily the case when I came in. We had maybe 10 and we are struggling to get, to fit everybody on the bus, fit enough people onto the bus to go to SEC. So, <laughs> when I came in, it was just kind of, I was brought in to trying to change the culture of Tennessee, try to get back into that record-breaking mindset that, I mean, you should be in every year. And I think those races, I just went out, I gave myself a shot and tried to compete like some of the guys like Todd Williams, just fearless and not afraid to go out with the, go out when it hurts and just close down when it matters. So that's kind of what happened in those races. And, yeah, I think it's just getting that Tennessee attitude back, the Tennessee toughness factor. Yeah, and I think having you out there as a, a volunteer assistant um, definitely is good for kind of the younger guys to see, you know, what can happen if you, you know, put your nose to the grindstone and you just work, work and work and kind of see what can happen, all the good things that can happen if you, if you just, uh, you know, work. So I think just having you out there every day and seeing, seeing you put in the work and, and telling your stories it's definitely going to be a good thing for that team. I think it's probably already a good thing for the team, but, you know, it's going to continue to help. Yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful to be around for another year. Um, just to try to be that guy that if somebody has a question, we have a lot of freshmen this year, so I try to be somebody they can look to, somebody that's done it before, been around it before, and just try to be a lifeline if they need somebody to reach out to. So that's been my biggest thing this year. I guess my uh, – and this is kind of a funny question, I guess, a little bit, Zach. You were a baseball – did you watch the World Series last night? I did, actually. So who are you pulling for? Um, I'm a huge Yankees fan, so the oh, God. ALCS, Okay, we're going to have to this conversation. <laughs> the Yankees weren't playing. Yeah, so the ALCS was a bit of a heartbreak for me. So I was pulling for the Nationals in spite right. of the Astros. That's all right. That's good. Okay. All right. We'll accept that. I was kind of, you know, I had nobody, no fight. I'm a Mets fan, so I, right now, I, that's why I was almost ready to hang up on you once you said you were a Yankees fan. <laughs> I don't recall, I don't remember that you were a Yankees fan, but I was kind of pulling for Zank Granke. So, uh, and I know he's 
you know, he, he's gone through a lot of stuff, and as most athletes have at some point in their career. Uh, but it was still a good game. Uh, I didn't watch all of it because I had to wake up early and meet Ethan and Andy <laughs> Jones to run. So how do you... That was a light ending. And, you know, I remember, I don't know what it was, maybe like your sophomore year when, obviously, you know, Bobby Holcomb coached you from the time, I guess you were in the 10th grade, up until the time you graduated. Um, and I remember him telling me, like, yeah, he's a baseball player, and I was like, you know, and even I, we would agree, like, uh, the dude's a runner and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, how, you know, you went from baseball. I have a, I have a kid right now, actually. I, I probably should have you come in and talk to this kid. He's, he's a baseball player, but he, and he, he's a ninth grader right now, qualified for the state meet on Saturday, ran 17, 15 or so, which I know, you know, um, at Victor Ash, which, you know, I mean, you've run at Victor Ash, but um, how do you, you know, what, what was the thought process like when you went from baseball to saying, you know, I'm going to be a full-time uh, runner? Yeah, so my uh, upbringing in this sport is a lot different than most people. When I was in eighth grade, I was doing conditioning for middle school baseball, and the track coach stopped me when we were running the one mile because I was a little, I was quite a bit ahead of the guys on my team, and he kind of stopped me and said, "Hey, have you ever thought about running track?" And that was a foreign concept to me, uh, running for fun. So I was. Uh, and I was a little reluctant to it, but ended up going out for the team and didn't had some success in middle school, but not much. But took it a step further, ran cross country my freshman year to get in shape for basketball and baseball, and was able to run sixteen thirty as a freshman and make all state my freshman year. So from there is when we hired Bobby my sophomore year, and I would uh, I ended up giving up. Uh, basketball, which was tough, but baseball was something I'd played since I was five years old, since I could hold a bat, so it wasn't as easy to give that up, so I actually played baseball all the way through high school, along with running, and it took some sacrifice uh, from the social social life and personal life, because I would get up in the morning at around 4 a.m., meet Bobby for 5 a.m. practice. Uh, go to school at 8.30 back in Granger County and then go to baseball practice in the afternoon, go home, do some studying, and go to bed. So that was kind of my life my last couple years of high school, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. Baseball still has a sweet a sweet spot in my heart. I still watch the World Series and keep <laughs> up with it quite a bit. But uh, running really took off in college when I was able to commit to it full time. And but I, and I think your athlete will see the same thing. Once you make that switch from one sport to another, you really just – I think it keeps you fresh also because I think you see a lot of burnout in our sport. So when I got to college, I was still fresh off of it and excited and ready to just attack it all out, run cross country, not have to – worry about practicing for baseball or anything so that was my experience with it and I'm very thankful that my baseball coach allowed me to do both along with my cross-country coach and yeah it just takes some sacrifice through high school so uh last time we talked uh I guess it was 
probably right after the outdoor season had ended and you were had kind of talked about maybe coming back as an assistant coach maybe going out to one of the other the uh, groups um, in a different city obviously you chose to stay here in Knoxville and help out with the team um, what do you have going on next for yourself for your own running so I'm trying to recoach Sullivan still I'm hitting around I've been hitting around 70 to 80 miles a week so far and I've actually been uh, dabbling in the steeple quite a bit, doing a lot of steeple drills. Oh wow. boy! Whoa! Yeah. So wait, this yeah. is this is breaking news. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in steeple. You might now. be a steeple chaser this this spring. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What's the uh, What's the Olympic trials qualifier for the steeple? <laughs> it is eight twenty one, I believe. Eight twenty one. Man, I was kind of yes. hoping you were going to say you were going to be a ten thousand meter runner. Uh no, I would drift. I was down. I was kind of hoping you were going to say you're jumping to the marathon. <laughs> I have some, had someone to train with here. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't help you with that. But it's looking like focusing on the steeple and the 5K will be my uh, bread and butter. Uh, try to start racing some in the indoor season. Not a whole lot of races, but enough to get fit and get ready for the Olympic trials in the spring. Cool. So what what kinds of things? Uh, I mean. You know, we don't need to get too, uh, you know, into your business. I mean, you know, there's obviously agents and shoe sponsors and things like that. I mean, uh, and different, you know, it, it obviously at, at the level that you're trying to compete at it, it can get difficult. You know, it is difficult to get into different meets and and races and different, you know, starting positions. Like, are you dealing, managing with any of that sort of stuff right now? Um. Not really. It's part of the reason I chose to stay at home instead of going with an agent or with a pro team was because uh, Coach Sullivan's been great to me, and she's been a great mentor all along, and everything has been working so well with her, my progression. Um, the Olympic trials are just next year, and I didn't, I just didn't want to, or not next year, it's in nine months. Nine months, yeah, right. Yeah, so I didn't want to take that chance of switching coaches possibly switching shoes and I just thought it was most important for me to train somewhere where I was comfortable with somebody I trust and know that's going to get me to the level I want to be at so instead of taking those risks and moving out to Colorado or, or somewhere I just chose to stay in Knoxville where I know all the running paths uh, know all the people um, have a spot to train with the University of Tennessee and use those facilities every day have treatment trainers here they still give me gear so i would i would say i'm better off than a lot of professional runners out there where i'm at right now yeah gear is good yeah obviously <laughs> and you know i i mean i think you know that sounds like a, a a very intelligent decision to make on your on your end i mean with your credentials uh, the times speak for themselves. I mean, you, you, I would imagine you probably had a pick of the litter where you know where you could have wanted to go, uh, and I'm sure while it was enticing, um, I was by no means in your predicament because I was not as fast. Um, but at that time, groups presented themselves, and I thought, no, here Knoxville is the place to be. And I, I at the time, I trusted my coach to kind of guide me in that direction and and you're you're in a shorter time frame than at the time than I was nine months um you know kind of you know not that you need a pat on the back from Ethan or I but 
good move on your part because I think if nothing else, like, you know, we run by the, the, the mass of the mass of men twenty five deep and we don't really know I know Adam, but other than that, we're the you're the only one we recognize and so um you know, on, on the occasion that you join us for a long run, which usually sucks for me because then I'm out, ba- I'm out the back end. Um, but obviously, you know, I think it goes, it, it goes. We wish you obviously all the best. Um, oh, thank you. So, I for one can't see. I can't wait to see you jump over a hurdle. Oh yeah, know, a hurdle. yeah. That's and you know, you're obviously an athletic guy. You play basketball, baseball. You've excelled it obviously long distance running so it should be fun uh you know to see how that goes i mean it you know it's an experiment and um but you've you know you've obviously you've you experimented early earlier on with long distance running and and obviously found your niche so hey man maybe the steeple chase is your thing yeah i've got a pretty good guy now Alex Krieger to work out with right yes yeah. So yeah he's yeah, pretty no. good yeah, he's all right <laughs> yeah he's yeah. all right <laughs> he's not bad just the SEC champion to work around. Yeah, with, so. they're not they're not a dime a dozen. They, you know, they don't come up, they don't come around too often. Yeah, so that was another thing that went in. I've got great guys to train with. Uh, the Knoxville community is very underrated, and where we live at, train out every day. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about the snow and the winter months too much. And yeah, so I'm happy where I'm at, and just grateful for the opportunity to. Uh, for another year in Tennessee. Good place to be, man. It, hey, we've been wanting to have you on here for a long time, and uh, it took 37 episodes, but you finally, <laughs> we finally had you call in, so it was good to, good to have you call in. Yeah, I appreciate it. Maybe next time it'll be in person, hopefully. I'm sorry I had to call in today. Well, hey, you know, when you're a volunteer coach with, you know, the UT uh, track team, cross-country team, track team, that's how it goes. You know, you're, you're, you're doing work. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll drink. I'll drink your beer for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, hey, wish the men and the women a good luck from us over here, and uh, we'll, we'll be pulling for for them tomorrow. And of course, we'll you know we're pulling for you, and you're welcome over here at the Deadhead and the Engineer anytime you want, man. I appreciate it, guys. I'll make it out for a for a podcast one week. <laughs> we'll uh, see you, brother. Tomorrow Thanks. at nine a.m. for the SEC Championship, SEC Network. All got right. it. Got it. Thanks, Zach. Alright, see you guys. See you, buddy. Alright, that was good. Well, there you go. Uh, fr- uh, straight from, the, the, not the horse's someone, mouth. Someone, the, someone's the, mouth, yeah. The, yeah, the, re- the record holder's mouth. So, uh, good to have Zach Long on here to shoot the breeze about that. Bell Lap, Bliss Home Corner at Trooper's Library. We're, we're constantly adding books. We, yeah. I have got, I got a surprise for you. Eventually, it'll, it's on its way from a, from a long distance. Oh, I'm working boy. on it, but the range, range. So, the, so the book today is uh, Range: Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World by David Epstein, who's uh, the author of The Sports Gene, which is one of the books, one of the first books we talked about on right. one of our earlier podcasts. Um, this is one of the new additions to the to the library, and it has less specifically to do with, with running. Um, and more just about kind of life in general, but a lot of it does um, relate to running. And his point basically is that people uh, a lot of times are worried too much about um, changing, changing things mid, midstream or mid-career uh, or mid-life or whatever. And turns out having more experiences in more different 
areas actually helps you with whatever you end up doing. Right. Um, and so uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting. Um, Coming from the guy who's an engineer, but you've ventured off into different things. Uh, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of good anecdotes, um, uh, statistics, and studies, and um, I don't know. It was just like it just it starts off kind of talking about um, Tiger Woods and how he was brought up versus Roger Federer, how he was brought up. Okay. And apparent, and it turns out Tiger, um, you know, from a from a young age. Obviously, he was a golfer. He just golfed and golfed and golfed and became really good at it. And Roger Federer actually tried a whole bunch of different sports before he came up, before he decided uh, to stick with tennis. And he's going to be the greatest and, tennis player ever. And the difference is what they call a kind world versus a wicked world. Um, and kind... So is this Epstein's... Is this his no, terminology? No, this is, like, this is like real okay. sociological. Okay, so... Okay. So in, right. in kind situations, um, like golf and like uh chess those are the big ones they're very clear rules and uh consequences that that come up naturally and immediately and you can kind of uh determine whether you succeeded or failed pretty much immediately you either get the ball in the hole or right you don't right you either make the right move right or you don't and so those are the kinds of things where it's just Practice, 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 practice. The ten thousand hour type thing, where right. eventually, if you practice enough, you'll become good at it. Do you, let me ask you that. Do you? Do I don't believe in the ten thousand. Okay, hour, but that's, I heard that's someone a separate, mention that at that's work. A, but that's a separate I just, story. I yeah. wanted your opinion yeah. right then and there. You don't um, believe in it. David okay. Epstein doesn't either. By okay. the way, but and then there's wicked, wicked things where you know the same, um, the same thing, the same action won't always result in the same. Um, Kind of like marathon running. Yeah, kind of like running. Or he, he uses firefighting where firefighters sometimes make a wrong decision because they're basing what, they've, what they're doing based on what they've seen in the past. And it, doesn't necess- it could be a different type of fire, a different type of structure. Right. Um, or like tennis where it, a lot of it depends on what your opponent is doing sure. or running. You know, and and the, probably the most interesting thing that he talked about in the book was they did an online study where um, they had a website and you could flip a coin. And whether you f- if you flipped a coin and if it landed on one side, they said you should, you should quit your job and start something else. And if it landed <laughs> on the other side, you should stick Ooh. with your job. Which sounded Ooh. like a really, really crazy thing to have Yikes. people do. Yikes. Like, and they made a study out of it. And it turned out the people who landed on heads or whatever it was and switched their jobs 10 years later were happier than the people who had landed on the other side and didn't switch their jobs. So my- now that there's a lot, there's a lot going on. The people who actually did, who actually flipped the coin for one thing were probably already thinking about switching jobs. Right. And then the ones who actually go, went through with it because the coin flipped that way, obviously wanted to to, but that that's the point that provoked them to it, that's, do it that's the point is like just because you started somewhere doesn't mean that you need to continue down that path and actually talking to Zach today was a good was a good uh, kind of leading leading into this book <laughs> right because he did he is kind of that that uh, range you know he started with basketball baseball and running and yeah. kind of got all these different experiences and determined that running was what was he was happiest he was most successful at and that's where he ended up. And I think um, 
I don't know, it seems like people sometimes end up sticking with something because that's what they feel like they need to be doing because that's what they've been doing. And a lot of times a change, um, whether it's, you know, the way you're training or what you're training, like it's going to running now. Right. You yeah. Know, it could be, it could be a job or, you know, say you've been training for marathons for years. Maybe you want to try an ultra marathon or maybe you want to jump down and do five K. Step away. You're right. Or, you know, maybe try a different sport for a little while. Maybe go to triathlon or, or, you know, there's just because you're, you're, you feel like you're stuck in this one, uh, path doesn't mean you can't go somewhere else and maybe have even more success than you uh, would have initially thought because of all this other experience. Uh, when, when you put it in those terms, I mean, obviously we've had pl- plenty of friends that have fluctuated back and forth between different events, marathons, stepping down to 5Ks. It, 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 it's, a, it's a practical thing because sometimes if you take a step back and then you and then you you know, kind of reevaluate things. Obviously, you know, from a career standpoint, um, you know, you're not going to step away from being an engineer and and do something else and then go back into being an engineer. But, but, but I, that I could. You could, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah. Like you could. I mean, you're obviously pursuing a PhD, and that's you know on the horizon, and and you have this business entity here, and you have a career that you you know, that you obviously have to manage out at the lab. Um, it's interesting though, uh, I mean, it's, there's a number of different contexts we can, you know, spawn off on. With us, it's, the easy one is running. I mean, because mm-hmm. we talk about this kind of shit every morning, right. you know, most mornings. And so it's, um, I don't know, it's in the library. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely, definitely a good book. Worth, it's not, again, it's not, as much about running specifically as a lot of most of the other books in there, but it's definitely an interesting book, and I like the way David, David Epstein writes, and um, it's it's I think it's worth reading. So, well, we covered a ton of stuff today, and I don't we didn't speed through it, but we got through it pretty quickly. Um, thanks to the Long Run for having us. As usual, Knoxville Distance Project. Um, find us again on. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, deadhead.engineer865. Um, we'll be on Spotify tomorrow. Check out SEC Champs, SOCON Champs, TSSAA Champs, New York City Marathon here at the Long Run Sunday. 8.30. 8.30. Thanks to Zach Long. Good luck to the men and women wearing UT, uh, wearing orange tomorrow. And uh, we're signing off. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>